The scripture reading for this morning is Luke 15, verses 20 to 24. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. This ends the reading of the word of God. Amen. Uh, On my oldest son's uh, last deployment when he returned home to the Dayton airport, uh, his wife Megan and their family... And all of my family decided to write some welcome home posters. We missed you. Glad you're back. And we met him at the airport. And he was surrounded by family and friends. So when he come through the gate, um, some of the little kids ran to him and started hugging him. And his wife hugged him and kissed him. And the baby was a little, because she hadn't seen him. She was only a year old and he was gone for a long time. So she looked up at him and she hugged him. And then everybody started to hug him and said, welcome back, and glad you're home, and we're glad you're safe. And We began to take pictures with him and the family and just sit around and talk, and some guys went and grabbed his luggage, and we decided that we was going to go to a restaurant. Now, there's about 40 or 50 people, and uh, we couldn't find a restaurant because we didn't want that moment to end. For us, that was a pretty important moment. And I think for me, as a dad, in my own way, I was saying to uh, my son, when he come through the gate, uh, not just welcome home, but here you are loved. Here you have value. Here you are cared for. And most importantly, here around us, you are safe. You're in a safe environment. Where you were at was a lot of death and destruction and things Young men, old men, nobody should see or be a part of it, but you were a part of that. But here, son, you are safe. And I wonder if this morning, if this is what the father was saying or thinking in his mind when he saw his son afar off being gone for so long. That's kind of where I'm going to head this morning after I lay out just a little bit of an introduction before I get into the heart of what I want to speak about. The parable of the prodigal son or lost son is the third of three parables in this chapter, chapter 15, directed at a mixed audience of tax collectors, sinners, Pharisees, religious leaders, and teachers of the law. All three parables are on the topic of lost things being found, a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. Likewise, all three parables point to the heavenly joy over every sinner who repents from sin and turns to Jesus. It doesn't matter if the lost person never was part of the family of God and came into the family of God, or if the lost person was in the family of God, decided they wanted to leave the family of God and came back, that God rejoices over one person who comes back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Though the three characters in this story, the oldest son, the lost son, and the father, have a significant part, my focus will be mainly on the father this morning. 
First, the father gave both sons freedom. Give me what is mine, said the younger. I've always been with you, yet you've done none of this stuff that you've done for my little brother. And the father son, you've always been with me. You've had the freedom to do what you want. The father provided materially for both. He had wealth to pass on to his family. The father gave spiritual direction for both, teaching them the law and the ways of God. The father surrounded both with safety. He had hired servants to do what needed to be done, and he had a house for his sons to live in. Though these things are important, they did not help either son. The younger son wasted everything the father gave him, and the older son became very jealous in his heart that his father would treat his other son differently. What ultimately brings both of these guys to salvation? What did the father do to help these guys come to salvation? I believe the word in our scripture, compassion, reflects the heart of the father. I have no way to prove it, but this is how I envision the father living in this story of the prodigal son. I'm sure you have in your mind how you thought it played out, but here's my vision. I believe the father was in a gated city like Jerusalem. And in the gated city, it had walls all around the city. I believe in this gated city, he walked up every day and he looked out north, south, east, and west and said, when will my son return home? I can't prove it. I have no way to say it. It probably might even be unbiblical or not historical. But this is the way I've always seen this story in my mind. How did the father see him so far away? I believe this is how he done it. Only a father with compassion and having hope for reconciliation would do such a thing. It is within this framework I desire to develop this sermon this morning. First, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. The father was willing to have reconciliation, whether it was on purpose that he looked for him every day or he was just outside wandering around and he just happened to turn and see he saw his son and father away away from him. It doesn't matter. He wanted to have some kind of reconciliation. He had compassion on his son. When he saw him, he could have said, get away from me. But something in his heart said, there's my son afar off. And he wanted to reconcile with him. Secondly, he ran. These words emphasize the father's enthusiasm. In ancient societies, it was considered undignified for an older man to pull up his robe and to run. And we've learned in Genesis, Adam and Eve were naked and that was their sin. Any man who was around naked, it reflected his sin. So for him to pull this up and to show his sinfulness and to run was so undignified. But the father ran. He ran through the village. Now, keep in mind, this is my vision of it. So he comes down the gate and he runs through the village. Who is in the village? The people of God, the saints of God, those who follow the law and the commandments of God. They were in the village with the father. And yet the father runs through this village where the people were living. I should like to call this the area of judgment. What do you think those villagers said? Look at that old nasty feller out there. He's got the gall to come back here. I don't know. I would suspect we would do that. You know, 
If somebody came in all ragtagged, all out of whack, and we just all happened to turn our heads when the door was open, would we not make a judgment on that person? But maybe there was a father here in symbol would have ran through this crowd and said, that's my son. The father runs through the area of judgment. He wanted to get to his son before he entered the village. The father runs and shames himself to get to his son before the community gets to him. If a Jewish son lost his inheritance among the Gentiles and then returned home, the community would form a ceremony called the Heskalah. They would break a large pot in front of him and yell, You are now cut off from your people. The community would totally reject him. The father takes all that judgment on himself and he makes it known that he welcomes his son home. He runs right through the judgment to get to his son to say that, no, you will not judge my son in that way because I love for my son, I care for my son, and I'm going to run right through everybody to get to my son. But not only does he run through this area of judgment, He ran right into the sinful world where there was no love or protection. He leaves the gated community and he runs right out into the devil's territory. Everybody knew he was rich. Don't you think there's cats out there waiting on him to come out of that village so they could kidnap him, get some ransom, or take something from him? He leaves all that and the father runs into a sinful environment where he has nothing at all, he totally exposes himself to the evil one and the hard reality of life. He met the lost son where he was, taking a risk of losing everything himself. Third, he embraced his son. He was not bothered by all the filth on his son. The dude had to be stinky and nasty, rotten. His hair was probably all braided up with bugs and stuff in it, didn't bother the father at all that the guy stunk, that he looked nasty or seemed nasty. Maybe he didn't have any teeth. Didn't bother the father at all. He was not bothered at all by the loss of his son. What? All the money that I gave you, the inheritance you were supposed to receive, you wasted it out there? What are you doing? He's not bothered at all by the son losing all the money. It was like he didn't hear the confession of his son at all. Here the son is, come running to the father, begging to be with him. I've done wrong. I've sinned against you. I've sinned against the family. I've done totally wrong, father. I've lost it all. Let me just go work in your field. The father doesn't hear it at all. It's like he totally overlooks what his son was saying. He merely kissed him and welcomed him home. Instead, what does the father do? First, he covers all of his filth with a robe. This robe signified covering for his sin. This robe signified royalty for a dirty, rotten, stinking sinner. Yes, I sinned against you. Yes, I done wrong. Yes, I stink. Yes, everything is messed up. But the father took that robe and he put that robe around him and says, I cover you, I protect you, I love you, and now you are royal. You belong to me. The robe signified reconciliation, safety, and protection from future judgment. 
Don't worry, son. When I put this robe around you and we go back to the hall of judgment where all the people of God are, they cannot say nothing about your sinful nation because I made you royal in me. I made you important in me. They will judge you no more. The father put a ring on his finger. This ring signified power and authority. This ring signified reconciliation. He was restored to the family and no one could say otherwise. That is not your fun, the hall of judgment would say. That is not your son. Get him out of our city. Get him out of our town. Here's the ring, brother. He's welcomed me home. Here's the ring, brother. I am restored to the family and you can say nothing about it. The ring signified freedom from a past way of life. No one could condemn him anymore. You're just a miserable, rotten sinner. You wasted all your dad's money. You're right. I was lost. I was undone. You're right. I wasted all the money my father gave me. But you cannot condemn me no more because this ring says I belong to him and him alone. You have no more rights over me. The past is buried, dead, and gone. You, Hall of Judgment, can judge me no more. This ring signified honor to be associated with such a loving father. It wasn't that the son walked around with arrogance and cockiness and all those kinds of things, but honor that his father received him back home. Look, I didn't deserve this. I didn't earn this. But my father gave it to me because of what he done for me. I have relationship with him. So I'm honored to be called his son. I'm honored to be wherever he puts me in life. He put sandals on his feet. These sandals signified he was no longer a servant but a family member. Only servants went around barefooted and did the task that needed to be done. These sandals eased the pain of his journey home. No more thorns or thistles or no more small gravel to sting you. You guys probably been to the beach or go swimming in the pool. You come up out of that little covering there where it's all shady and you start going to the pool and you notice that, that's hot concrete, brother. And all of a sudden the old people, they're just running to the pool. They want in that water. Well, that little journey burns. God forbid you get in the pool and it's kind of got them little bumps on the bottom of it. And one of the bumps is bigger than another bump. That bump hurts. But no more of that stuff. His journey wasn't easy. But from the place he was at, where his father met him, going back into the village, it had to be rough. But the father said, here is you, some sandals. It's not going to be hard on you like that no more, son. I love you. And here are some sandals to help you along the way. No more dirt or mud to keep you stuck on this journey. Now, I like to creek fish. One day I creek fish, and I'm a great fisherman. I threw my pole, and it went right into the tree, the bait did. $15 bait. Brian wouldn't let go of that bait. So I decided I would walk over, pull my line, pull it down. I cut it. The little bait falls in my hand, and I didn't know I was in clay. And if you've ever fished in a creek or a, a, a lake or something, you get caught in clay, you're like this. I'm stuck in the mud. I have nobody to call. I'm by myself. I guess if some coyotes would have came around, I'd have been toast. I could not move. I was literally stuck in the mud. 
But the father said to the son, you don't have to be stuck in the mud. You're not on your own anymore. I am here with you. Put these sandals on your feet and let's take this journey together. No more, lost son, will you have to feel this pain and hurt anymore. These sandals make your journey a little lighter, a little easier. These sandals will help you to run a race and help another hurting person along the way. Then the father throws a party. He killed the fatted calf. And he announced the return of his son home. Certain calves were raised for special occasions or festivals. What could be more special than a lost son returning home? The father makes a grand announcement. My lost son has been found. I will leave you hall of judgment. I will go out into this sinful world. I'll go right to the mess of my son's life. I will hug him. I will kiss him. I will welcome him. And I will bring him back into the city. He's now been found. On this last Sunday of Lent, our father shows you and I the same compassion. We witnessed this this morning at the communion table. While we were a long way off, he saw us. While we were lost and undone, doing our own things, going our own way, the Father every day looks for us, looks for our well-being, looks for God and said, I love you. All of us have different experiences in our Christianity. I understand that. There are some people who are saved all the way through church. They never leave church. And there's other people who lead a super wicked life that they never want to know God or come to God. And there's some people right in the middle. But it doesn't matter where you're at. He looked for you. He saw you a long way off. And he says, I love you. He saw us a long way off. But then... He ran to us through the village where the people of God were living, the area of judgment. Jesus takes all that judgment, all that condemnation, all that wrongdoing, all that hurt, all that guilt, all that frustration, and he lays it on himself at the cross of Calvary. He walks through the lawmakers and the lawgivers and says, I'm running to find my people. I saw them afar off, and I want to save their soul. You can no longer judge them. He takes it on himself. And he makes it known that he welcomes us home. He ran right into the sinful world where there's no love or protection. All by himself, he went out and became a man and exposed himself to the harsh reality of life. To be in hurt, to be in pain, to have nobody go with him to the end. He done it all to bring us to himself. Then he embraced us. He looked at us and he embraced us. He covered all of our filth, everything in our minds, everything in our hearts, everything in our bodies that was wrong and lost and undone. Jesus says, I love you and I will cover it and I will cover it with my very own blood, my very own protection and my very own safety. I will cover all of your filth. He put a ring on our finger. We have power. We have authority. We have a right to stand in him. 
not right in an arrogant way, but because of what he done on the cross of Calvary. We belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. He put that ring on our finger. And he put sandals on our feet when we were hurting. We didn't know what to do. We didn't know how to feel. And we might have said, Lord, I can't go any further on this journey. I'm in so much pain. I don't know what's going on. I don't know where you're taking me. He put those sandals on our feet and he said, here, wear these and let them help you out. He helps us out. He leads us and he guides us. But he don't just put those sandals on us to help us. He puts those sandals on us so we can preach the gospel of reconciliation and the gospel of peace to those who don't know the Lord Jesus. He provided the Lamb of God for us. And now all of heaven rejoices that you and I have come home. Every time somebody turns to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says that heavens rejoice. I suspect there's people out there who've turned away from God. Who walked away and says, I can't serve this God anymore. I can't follow this God. I am going to do my own thing. And we have the opportunity to say, we are not the hall of judgment, but we are like the Father. We will run through the hall of judgment. We will run into the sinful world and we will say, God loves you. The Father loves you. He cares for you. And he wants to restore your relationship with him. May we... With thankful hearts, humbly receive and symbol his broken body and shed blood on our behalf this morning. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, this is our last Sunday of Lent where we have laid aside something for your glory and sacrificed something to give to you to say it in our own way. That you are more important than this thing that we're holding on to. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would be a church just like the Father. Reaching out to the prodigal son, Lord. The one who takes it all and runs away. But then wants to come back. May we have compassion, love, and mercy on those who are hurting, those who don't know Jesus Christ, those who've fallen away from Jesus Christ but want to come home, where we have the same compassion, love, and mercy, and look out for them and be your holy people. You've done it for us. You show us this morning by the broken body and shed blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. You're going to show it this morning and we're going to receive and symbol your love, your mercy, your compassion, your grace and your kindness. Touch our hearts and help us to be the people you want us to be. Let us be your holy people following, serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we walked away from you, Lord, I ask you to heal us right now. And I ask you to do it, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I would